0: This episode of The Concession Stand is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host, or you're looking to start a new one from scratch... Head on over to OrbitalJigsaw.com slash popcorn to sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress deluxe site and get your first month absolutely free. That's OrbitalJigsaw.com slash popcorn or just use the promo code popcorn at checkout for your first month free. And now, enjoy the show.
1: Hey, this is your boy Dak from the 410 Gaming Podcast and you are listening to The Concession Stand on the Orbital Jigsaw Network
0: you're listening to the concession stand podcast on the orbital jigsaw network from movies and tv to consoles and video games <laughs> Come let your geek flag fly with your hosts nick howell and andy nelson the concession stand podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 66. I'm Nick Howell and sitting across from me as always, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir?
1: I'm a little bit nervous. You just you just ordered number 66. Remember when they did that in Revenge of the Sith episode 3 all the jedis were wiped out or is this it for us? <laughs>
0: We're going to burst into flames here in a minute. I hope
1: not, but if if we don't, coming up later in the show, we're going to talk about all of our thoughts on the new Predator trailer. There's an exciting new Star Wars live action TV show in the works, and one of our favorite movie franchises will become a most excellent trilogy. Oh. But first, Nick, tell us a little bit more about our network and where people can find us.
0: Yes, you can find this and other shows over at OrbitalJigsaw.com. And you can find this show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Official Concession Stand or on Twitter at stand. Come on over, hang out with us, let us know your thoughts on this show on iTunes or the all-new Chaser, which is becoming an imdb for podcast, and if you like what we're doing, head on over to patreon.com concessionstand concession stand, throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar for us, or sign up to do your very own Stone
1: Cold Salute on an upcoming episode. So, with all of the chaos surrounding the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine over the last week, it was canceled and it wasn't canceled, it kind of got us thinking, do shows really ever get canceled anymore? That's a great question. Um
0: and I think when we were talking about this before the show, it, it turned into a how we got here. How did how do we get to this certain point? But let's set the stage. Let, let's talk about and not at length, just to kind of set the the landscape here, let's talk about the television show life cycle and and ratings and things like that and, and how that might not matter much anymore in this world of like binge watching and on demand content that yeah. we live in now. Yep. So from a from a, at a certain point a writer sits down and he has an idea. Yeah. Vince Gilligan sits down and he has this idea for a high school chemistry teacher that also cooks meth on the side. <laughs> Breaking Bad comes out of nowhere, right. right? So it's at a certain point there's this conception script written and you get it in front of people and then they give you some money and you develop it and that's development,
1: right? Sure. Pre-production. Yep.
0: Uh then pilot, yep. it, it, they do a like a here's a sample of what the show would kind of be like here's the
1: first episode
0: right um and then off the back of that uh, we know that intimately in the industry is pilot season yep. normally at the beginning of the year yep. right uh, and then the, from there the studios decide which shows they want to pick up for the run of the year Those, or, that's, or
1: the run of the spring or fall season sure sure um at that point we have a show
0: and they'll either order like six episodes or any x number of episodes or a number of seasons
1: whatever it is yeah typically 13 or 22
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Unless you're prestige HBO, but that's a whole other thing. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, at a certain point though, you're going to get to a, a point where you need to renew. You, it, it, does this happen, Andy, at a point of the end of a season and then it's decided afterwards, whether or not they're going to renew it
1: uh, with Brooklyn nine, nine, we've got to that point, but like for a first season show, typically they're going to renew it based on the ratings for the first couple episodes. The first episode is the biggest one. If you get a high number on the first episode, Typically, they're going to renew it right away Okay. Um, within the first couple of episodes. If those ratings stay pretty consistent, it's definitely going to get renewed. But gotcha. if there's a big drop off, like a lot of those things have like a lead in from like, oh, we're going to put this new show after something like oh, for an NBC show, like the stuff that I work on. We're going to put it on. You know, we're going to put this show, this new show on right after The Voice because we've got a bunch of people watching The Voice. And if they stay on our channel, they're going to watch this show. So the ratings would be great. You know, and that will be our- so they're
0: stacking the time slots. Basically. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And then if if that stays consistent over a couple of weeks, if people start to turn off after they've watched the voice or they stay with it, then you're going to get your renewal sometime within three to four episodes of, of that current season.
0: Gotcha. Well, ultimately, shows have to end. They yes. can't go on forever. So there is the, the step that is the cancellation or the end of a show, whatever that is. Um that's the one we're going to be talking about the most today and kind of the follow up that is what life after death. Yeah. Whether that I mean in the olden days it was syndication on the, some of the other cable networks uh, CW and places like that would pick up shows to just replay USA TNT TBS all of those guys. Um, but it's different now. Yes. Life in the in the industry is kind of different now where you know it it doesn't if just because a show gets canceled doesn't necessarily mean that we're never going to see it again. Yeah and we're not just talking about replaying the old episodes we're talking about new seasons like it could pick up and continue
1: somewhere else sure and that's happened yeah. a couple of times but the but in the old days right so a show would go through a season or even wouldn't even make it all the way through a season even the ones that they've ordered and they would just decide it's nobody's watching it's not making any money it's over and when we were growing up before the age of shows being on DVD or shows being on demand that show would just disappear it's gone You've never heard of it. You've never see it again. If you were lucky to watch it on TV when it aired, great. And maybe you liked it for a second, but it's gone. But today, things are a little bit different. So here's here's what I mean by that. If we're talking about shows that never really got canceled anymore, let's look at a few like real life examples of things that either got renewed or never saw that proper finish, like we're talking about, right? So Brooklyn Nine Nine.
0: Well, you mean, yeah, I was going to say you mentioned Brooklyn Nine Nine earlier, we just talked about. Yeah.
1: Fox canceled it. And within like 24 hours, NBC says, we're going to put it on our our network, right?
0: Strange. This was I mean, the int- the internet kind of lost its mind over the course of that. I mean, everybody's got was putting a huge up articles. following. It's yeah. got
1: Andy Samberg. It's got Terry Crews, uh, Andre Brower, like a bunch of like names. And it had a following over five years. And then suddenly it was over. And then internet lost their minds. Like you said, and then suddenly NBC is like, we're going to just put it on our network. Now the the thing behind this is that NBC universal was actually the company that was producing it, even though it was airing on Fox fine, but you need to know that Netflix and Hulu also passed on keeping that show going as well.
0: NBC, you get the dirty leavings because (laughs) not Netflix and Hulu didn't even want it. So that makes me question. Look, there's a couple of things at play here specifically. Um, Netflix and Hulu passing on it means they didn't want to pick it up and continue on with additional seasons of the show. I thought that would be a perfect place for it. one of those two, even throw Amazon into the mix for that conversation. But if there is that big of a following for it, why would they not have leapt all over it? And you get people that might not have been Netflix subscribers beforehand, all of a sudden jumping in to buy Netflix to be able to continue watching one of their favorite shows that they are so animated and, and upset about on the Internet.
1: Yeah, there's a difference there between the Netflix and Hulu thing, in my opinion, whereas Netflix is a completely separate deal. And Hulu is just uh, an amalgamation of all of these networks anyways, with a sort of rebroadcast quality that they have for yeah. people that have missed their shows over the air that can then watch them on Hulu. But right? they're doing their own original but they are, stuff, but, too. But they're doing their original stuff, and they're saying it's a Hulu production. But really, these shows are underwritten by those networks anyways, So there's that part of it. So to me, Netflix passing on it is a bigger deal than Hulu passing on it. Would you agree with that? Sure, absolutely. Let's take a step back. Of these big shows that got canceled and there's an internet swell of people that says, we want this show to continue, right? The biggest one that I could think of as far as like a huge fan base was Firefly back in the early 2000s when that show got canceled by Fox. It wasn't a big deal at the time, but it had gotten this Huge fan base, this huge following. To this day, there is still a huge Firefly following. So I watch I, it
0: every other year. I know,
1: and I wonder if that had happened back then in today's world, would that have been a show that would have continued? That's kind of oh, what, yes. that's kind of what we're getting at here. But um, uh, another example would have been uh, Family Guy, also a Fox show that was canceled in two thousand one, right? But instead of like an internet Not sort many of
0: people know that
1: right, but but. Instead of like an internet thing, what happened was that was about the time when DVD shows or when shows started showing up on DVD in like multiple right. seasons, right? right? And when the Family Guy DVDs uh, went on sale, here's the deal. Sales of the DVDs reached 2.2 million copies, becoming the best sell- uh, television DVD of 2003 and the second highest selling television DVD ever behind the first season of Comedy Central Chappelle show. That was at the time when people were starting to buy that stuff, right? So it took a almost four-year hiatus. I don't think... I think it went from 2001 to 2005. Yeah. And so. Fox couldn't ignore those numbers, and they realized, "Well, let's just put it back on the air," and it has been on ever since.
0: Yeah, now they've got the Simpsons and the Family Guy, right? So they're responsible for for both of those for us. Sure. To uh, you know, you throw South Park into that conversation; those are the probably, arguably, the three biggest selling
1: animational uh, animation type series ever. Right, but the other thing that you have to think about, like as far as shows with a huge fan base and a huge following that were canceled, Star Trek, the original Star Trek with Shatner and Nimoy and all those guys was canceled after season three back in the late 60s, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was canceled because nobody was watching it. And then it got a a new life over syndication, and people grew up with it. And Star Trek was dormant for years. And then suddenly this big movie about space called Star Wars came out, and then they said, well, I guess we should take those characters and make a movie about it, which was terrible. But then they made Wrath of Khan, and after they made Wrath of Khan, it led to more Star Trek (sighs) movies and then Next Generation, and now here we are.
0: Yeah, Next, speaking of television series and, and Star Trek, I mean, Next Generation might be the biggest TV show of the 90s. Sure. I, I, I was obsessed with that show. One of the things I wanted to bring up to counter what you were just saying was, I mean, what was a recent show that ended abruptly? And I, I promise this has a point that I'll get to as okay. we go through this conversation. What was a recent show that ended abruptly that still had like, more story to tell?
1: Okay, so what you're getting at is a Brooklyn Nine-Nine getting canceled, even though it didn't, yes. or a Star Trek getting canceled, even though it, whatever, or a Firefly getting canceled. There was no solid through line. There kind of wasn't was Firefly, no conclusion. but a Star Trek was a, here's what happens this week with this crew. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is, here's what happens. We, yes. We've developed these characters. You're talking about like a prestige thing from a, this is a long form. You have to watch from episode one all the way along the way. And then you're saying that at, at season two, even though there's a bunch of story left to tell and there's all these open ended things, it's suddenly done. Yes. So I'm asking you then what are shows you can think of that were like that?
0: Um, the obvious one that has the biggest cult following that I can think of is My So Called Life. Okay. Um, th- that one was canceled after one season. Yeah, uh, but it has a rabid cult following. Sure, uh, ever since uh, that De- one.
1: Deadwood from HBO was like uh, that, right?
0: F- listen, you you want to talk about some Deadwood? I love Deadwood. I think that's arguably one of In McShane's best performances ever. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever top that, but um, uh, the dad in uh,
1: in Hot Rod, but whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, Revenge is probably one of the more recent ones. I know, I remember it getting canceled, and they last minute pulled a finale out of their butts. Yeah. Um, but that one after I think after three, the third season, they, they said that they weren't going to renew it for a fourth. I'm, I'm reaching here. I don't really remember. Sure. But I remember everybody kind of losing their minds and flailing their arms around and going mm-hmm. crazy over that one because that was such a good show. Um, some more longer form ones that we could throw out. There are uh, CSI Miami, the first spinoff of the original CSI show Yeah. Uh, with David Caruso and the sunglasses and the memes. It took on a life of its own. Ten seasons that show went on. But no farewell send off, no, no, like okay, we're done. I'm gonna, re- he's gonna retire and hang up the sunglasses and call it a day. Sure. None of that. It just, it just never came back on the air. And the last one I'll throw out there is Law and Order. Yeah, twenty seasons, twenty, actually twenty. Was it twenty seasons or twenty years? I don't know. Twenty seasons of the original Law and Order show, not SVU or any of those other ones. But yeah. the original Law and Order show, twenty seasons, just stopped. No farewell, no send-off, no like.
1: See you later, we're all going to go retire and be lawyers in Florida, or whatever it is. None of that. Right? So, again, while those things have a long through line, it's not that sort of story that start like a Game of Thrones or like yeah. a Breaking Bad, where you have to like keep up with things that are happening. So uh with Brooklyn 99 getting axed i guess uh it kind of uh, like there's talk under the table that it paved the way for Gotham getting renewed mm-hmm. for season 5 i guess and now now what you're doing by getting rid of one of these not a story 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 uh one and done one and done one and done now you get six more episodes of a story that you've been attached to the Gotham story right so they what is that six episodes or something like that, that that's going to get picked up um um arguably that's like our Geeky side of us that we're excited about, right? But uh it's, I would argue, it's a far superior show. Yes, it's something we want to watch, whether or not it's on Fox or whatever. But by these shows getting decimated, we get to get more of these long form shows. And maybe that's the way the networks are going. I, I don't know. What do you think?
0: I, I think we're going to get to that. Um, and I teased it, I would get to it at a certain point. Um, I want to step up on my studio exec or TV exec, producer, uh, showrunner, whatever you want to call it, kind of podium for a second. So
1: wait, do you need a minute?
0: Uh, I need a minute. Okay. Um, You have to put yourselves in their shoes. You have to take feeling and emotion out of it and, my God, my favorite show and brr-brr. All of that out of it. Um, When you're having to decide between a Gotham and a Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Okay. One is this multi season serial prestige TV show that is building a version of a familiar story that millions of people are invested in. And you could potentially run season after season after season with the entirety of the DC Universe Rogue's Gallery that is so tightly wound around right. Batman and Gotham City, right? And, and not just ending once the Batman dons the cowl for the first time, which they've kind of sure, got to that point. Sure, it could
1: continue with him with the cowl and still call it Gotham. Yes, and we
0: could see teenage 19-year-old Batman growing sure. up into I I want to see that. Yeah. I, I'm very invested in that show. You can think what you want about it. It does have its weak points as far as acting and, and just dragging things out a little bit, but it's it's solid, and the, the production value is really, really good. So... The other is a silly comedy cop sitcom, which we've seen done a bajillion times at this point. I mean, how many more cop hospital and law shows can can we pull out of our butts <laughs> as as, as a, the human race? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not saying I'm disenfranchised, but I just I don't care. Right. I can't find the effort or the just to care about any of these shows that are just regurgitations of. The same st- Grey's, of the Grays Anatomies and the NYPD Blues and all, Hill, Hill Street Blues, all those shows that we've seen. The Shield? The Shield, which is my all-time favorite show, okay? Nothing's ever going to top that for me, so they can just quit now. And If you haven't seen The Shield, you're fired. So if I'm studio exec guy or, or if I'm studio exec person and I'm picking between the two, I'm going Gotham every single time where I'm going to invest more money in because of that through line and the, the investment of the people in it. And, and not just because I'm a geek, but because of the production value and the investment from both the studio and the fans at this point. The, the silly cop shows are just expendable to me. And I, I don't want to come out as crass against the, the talent and the crews and everything that are involved in putting these on, because that's not the point. But if, I, if I'm looking at the scales, and, I've, and in one hand I've got Gotham, and the other hand I've got Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I'm picking Gotham
1: every single time. For a multitude of reasons. I I agree with you as a geek and as a studio exec. I, I have to look at if I'm if I'm playing studio exec guy, I'm looking at the bottom line and Gotham is a much more expensive show than uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine would be. However, the longevity of it seems to be different. And because of those characters that we're talking about that are uh, timeless characters of Batman and Joker and Penguin and all those people, you're probably right. But you have to look at the other side of this, where as long as there's people in their 60s that have a TV and they eat their dinner and they want to watch a show before they go to bed for 30 minutes or an hour, they're going to watch their their cop drama or their their comfortable thing, right? And they're going to flip the remote maybe to whichever it is after they've watched Jeopardy, right? I mean, CBS exists for shows like that, yeah. I would imagine. Um um, It's going to be that way, I think, until the next generation, uh, which is us, or the generation behind us, comes along and says, we don't watch shows live anymore, we're just going to watch everything on demand. But until that generation of people go away, I think it's going to be status quo. Well, honestly,
0: I think we might be closer to that now than we ever have been. You're right. Yeah, that's that's. it's interesting to really think about that. I mean, look at the onslaught of like, on-demand streaming media and the just the pure accessibility of content that we've got now. I mean, it's kind of paving the way, this yellow brick road towards yeah. this promised land of... Watch anything you want. I mean, we were talking about it with Avengers. Like we okay. want to see the Second Avengers Infinity War movie now. We don't want to have to wait on it. So I mean there we're at this weird tipping point between between versions of, of content consumption. But I think we're closer to that than than we really give it credit for. I mean, you can make the argument that the, the sitcom style of television is already starting to die off, but you know, then a Roseanne reboot shows up again out of nowhere and throws that whole argument for loot. But Or I a mean, Will and I, Grace. Sure. Or I mean a that's a whole different come, conversation. Yeah. Uh, I I get that. Uh, let's save that one for another episode because I would we could really go down that rabbit hole of of if then else and see w- where we end up.
1: But- yeah, I think you're talking about like uh, sitcom versus like prestige television. Yes. Okay. Fine. Uh, yes. I agree with you. Let's save that for another episode because okay, let's let's talk about this like from my wheelhouse. Yes. Specifically. Okay. Um, I'd like to talk about what these cancellations do do um to people like me, right? So uh, whether or not who you- are you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so whether or not you know this if this is your first episode or if you don't know me, I worked on The Biggest Loser for NBC. I was there for season 1 and I was there all the way through season 18. I took 2 seasons off. That show employed me for 10 years. 10 years. And I could count on those 3-4 months of work every year and it, at a time they were doing 2 seasons a year it means I had 8 months of solid work and I didn't have to do anything else. And it was fantastic. And as far as I was concerned, as long as there was a McDonald's, there would be a biggest loser. Yeah, and that was the kind of the thought process for all of us. And and we we figured it was the same thing, yes, each season. And we tried to make things a little bit different, and we did a little bit of combination with like, no, it's parents and kids, and but it all worked, and the ratings were fine. And then there was a thing, and finally, it just kind of ended. And suddenly, for me, I was had to figure out what my eight months of work would become and and you and i uh, like speaking off the cuff a bit there was a there was a rough time for me where i had to figure out how where i would work next
0: because the transition yeah, yeah
1: because you would have been working with a certain group of people for so long that it was tough to make a transition and, and remind other people and other production companies that like hey i can do this too right i have a different take on brooklyn 99 when that got canceled my first thought wasn't and i'm not a fan of the show i i know a guy named phil mestrella who is a camera operator. And I had met him a couple of times over multiple seasons of shows that I had done. And he was a fill in camera guy. Right. But a couple of weeks ago I was doing a Netflix show and I ran into him again. I was like, Hey Phil, how's it going? He's like, I'm great. And I, he was telling me like, dude, it's been great. I've been having this, this great run on Brooklyn nine, He's like the a camera operator on the show. Sitcom. That's what you want. You want to get into that thing, and, and it's great, and it's a fun show. He tells me like behind the scenes, like everything is cool, everybody's great. It's the most fun work environment. And they're like, oh man, I felt so good for film Mestrella. So when I heard Brooklyn Nine i got canceled, I didn't think, oh no, why is it Brooklyn Nine Nine gonna be? What about Andy sandberg I thought, what about Phil Mestrella? You know, that's how I think. So there's there's a bit of a there's a bit of a casualty element to this that's not the show itself and the fan base. It's the actual people out here that are involved in making these things for you. We're people too.
0: Is is this any different when you're dealing with reality TV as your example was versus uh, sitcom or prestige TV uh, such as
1: Phil? I don't think so. I think there's, there's still, there's still slots of time that a network or a cable company has to fill. No matter what happens, those uh, networks are always on the air and those time slots have to be filled. And those uh, ads have to be sold in order to perpetuate these shows. So, if you get a show that's canceled, you would hope that, you know, you get to take that group of people and go fill another time slot. But then again, you're not guaranteed that it's going to be a hit and you get to do it multiple times. I got lucky with Biggest Loser. I got lucky with Pros versus Joe's doing that three seasons and then that ended. Um, I've just got on to World of Dance, which is coming out in a couple of weeks. And that is I'm already booked for season two and that's in the fall. And that's hopefully a show that will go multiple seasons. So, yeah, I mean. It's the same. Whoever is working on Brooklyn Nine Nine or a show show like uh, Expanse that got canceled, even though it may not get canceled, those people are still wondering where's my next paycheck coming from because they had that sort of like embedded thing. They're not exec producers that never have to work again. They're people that are that are down in the trenches making these shows work.
0: You know, there's a lot of focus on from the fan base on the fictional characters and the storylines within the show, and and maybe even the um, the talent that's in the shows yeah but there's not ever a lot of focus on the the um, the number of lives yeah that are affected behind the scenes Uh, that's it's interesting that you call that out uh, even me it's something that i honestly had not given that much thought to but i mean you could you could affect
1: a ton of people well if let's say let's say a show like let's say a show like biggest loser got canceled which it did but it never actually got canceled, long story. But there was there was talk for years. It was like, never oh. renewed. It was never renewed. So there was a talk to like, oh, we'll do it this way. And then we're all like calling like, oh, is it going to be like maybe in the fall, maybe in the fall? Like, okay. And we're all holding out, right? <laughs> okay. but, it did, but it didn't happen and it will never happen probably, right? So there's 120 people that worked on that show that are suddenly out of work, kind of. Like they still have to fill that gap in their calendar to, to work it out, right? So there's one show. So imagine... 10 shows across three or four major networks. That's a thousand people that suddenly don't have, you know, four months or three months or whatever it is, amount of work that they can guarantee. Yeah. So we're, that's the freelance life. I'll admit that wholeheartedly, but we're at the mercy of these shows and we all hope that the things that we work on as hard as we work on them are hit. So it perpetuates sort of a somewhat normal, you know, yearly salary, if you want to call it that or yearly life. Make yeah.
0: sense. Yeah, Totally. Uh, let's let's bring it full circle. Let's go back to the question we originally asked at the top of the show. Uh, do TV shows ever really get canceled anymore? Now that we know that Brooklyn Nine-Nine is going to carry on on NBC uh, with the rise of on-demand content uh, you know, it, it, with Netflix and Hulu and even Amazon now becoming a, an additional syndication channel for to continue on these, these shows, and we still have cable and satellite stuff all out there, I mean, does anything ever really get canceled anymore? And do we need to temper or define cancellation as is a show going away and you're never going to be able to see it again? Or are they just not making any new seasons
1: of it? I think I'm going to look at that from two sides. Okay, I'm going to look at it from the fan side. I'm going to look at it from the person who works on them side. Okay. Fan side first. Fan side is if there is a show that you like that you ever liked that you wanted to like that you wanted to see more of, you're probably not going to get the more of it. However, you have so much access to a show that you like that you can watch over and over and over and over and over again, either on physical media, streaming media, whatever it is, you can find it. It's there and it's not get a bootleg DVD of the show that used to exist on eBay because you liked it. It's there. All of it's there because all of these networks that made these shows originally know that they can make money on it. The other thing I'll say from a fan side is I look at it kind of like sports and you know that your sports are going to happen every year. There's another season of sports. In this case, sports is the equivalent to television. If you turn on your TV, you're going to watch your favorite team or show and your team may make it this far, but they might not. And if they win the championship, you get to go see them again and maybe they win another championship or maybe they don't. And then they have to rebuild just like the networks have to rebuild and make a new way, but they still have to fill those slots of time. Right? Yep. Now, from the industry side, I don't know. That's, that's tougher. I, I feel like it's it's Well, it's, from, it's, the, from it's, the
0: fan side, I want to chime in on there okay. real quick, if you don't mind. I, I, I've lost count of how many times I'm like, so my top three TV shows are The Shield, uh, Friday Night Lights, and West Wing. I, those are like my personal favorite shows ever. I don't, I've lost count of how many times I've rewatched those now on Netflix and Hulu because they, they're just there. I don't have to go get the DVDs off the shelf. I don't have to right. swap discs and all this kind of stuff. It just now it just plays constantly. It just cues up the next episode whenever the next the the one you're watching is done. So it's completely revolutionized the way we can not only watch content but rewatch content. So for me, it's it's I like this a lot better uh, because I, I even though the show there's not new seasons being made. There's a reason I fell in love with those shows in the first place and they're still good.
1: Yeah. Look, like, okay, so there's the abrupt endings that we've talked about in the canceled shows, but there's also the finite endings, like The Sopranos, the Game of Thrones is going to end next year no matter what we do. It's over. Yep. We don't want it to be over, but it's over. But it that's will be. not
0: a cancellation though. I know, but uh, I guess we're kind of looking at,
1: it's two different things. You're yeah. right. But um you still have to kind of fill that void in your in your viewing content in the limited time that you have. Like they they have so many things that they throw at us just if you oh Brooklyn 9 got canceled, but here's this and you're like, all right, fine. And then you figure it in. Squirrel. You find, and you yeah, exactly. And you <laughs> find a new thing. They're smart enough to do that to us. Again, the industry side I, I just talked about, so I don't want to expand on it more. It's just it's the simple um it's it's tough when you when you don't get to do that thing. And it's not as much about it's it's part about the money, but it's if you're on a hit show, typically. You're with the same group of people and the same group of people that make a hit show are usually a really good group of really talented people. So you get excited to work with those people and be a a part of something big. You know what I'm saying? I do. And then suddenly that ends and it's gone. And then you have to hope to find the next thing that is like that. And and maybe I have an, uh, with World of Dance, and maybe I have I have an, you know uh, with with uh, Better Late Than Never. Maybe there's another one of those, and I want to recapture that that thing that I got to do last summer and, and go around uh, for two months in some exotic place with Shatner and Winkler, and but it wasn't just them; it was the director, and it was this great DP and this really cool guy that I met in Spain. Like the, the experiences on this side of it uh, that that is what matters to me.
0: You know, it, it's not that different than just about anything else that's out there from right. ma- manufacturing to like corporate America. There are layoffs happening all the time across the board, especially in tech. We do that constantly, or we did when I was there. I was a victim of it a couple of times. Yeah. For those of you that know me from my tech career that listen to this show, uh, you you know exactly what I'm talking about. I guess what I want to say here to really tie this off is is we live in a time now uh, where we have arguably the most instant gratification that we've ever had.
1: It's a good way to put it.
0: Um, and, and we're a bit spoiled, to <laughs> yeah. be honest. Yeah, and, and we can sometimes be some, some be brats uh, about we end up we're not getting the things that we want, Meh. even though it doesn't make any sense Meh. for a myriad of reasons for us to be given them for free anymore. <laughs> that, that's just kind of how it works, kid. <laughs> yeah, you know it. It, it everything is money. Uh, whether you're talking about ad buys, whether you're talking about costs of production, whether you whatever it is, at a certain point it just doesn't make sense anymore. And I think the where I'm scared this is going to go, and I kind of want to close us out on this thought for ponder for maybe we come back to this at some point. Okay. Uh, the the interesting thing that happened this week with Brooklyn Nine Nine was the result that happened off the back of the the vitriol or the attention that came of off the back of the cancellation. Yeah. And the the re, we the, we got a result out of it. Yeah. In in 1998 that show would have just gone away. Yeah. But now we live in this world where people can make enough noise and they can voice their opinions and hopefully they show up when NBC begins to put it back on air so that the NBC makes back that money that the internet promised that they were going to show up for. Sure that's my fear is that there's this quick single serving 15 seconds of rubble, 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 <laughs> and nobody shows up so i what i'm interested to see is is their follow through are, yeah. are people still going to watch this show when nbc continues to make it and live up to what they got so upset about or are we is this going to set a precedent where see we told you nobody was watching it anymore so that's why we canceled it I'm interested to see what that result's going to look
1: like. Yeah, I thought I thought we broke that down pretty cool. It actually went in a different direction than I thought, and I thought it ended up really well. I mean, yeah. you and I just talked about the idea of, like, do shows really get canceled anymore? And then it came into this. So uh, that was kind of fun. fun. Hope you yeah. guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, Nick, how was your week?
0: Oh man! Well, I got to tell you, I'm still. I've been very, very busy, but I am still aching to go see Infinity War again. I, I have to get at least a second viewing in at the theaters on the big screen before I'll, it before it goes away. I right. expect it'll all be right. All I'll go with you. Yeah, Fine. I, I'll twist your arm, right? Uh, I did get through all of Evil Genius, all four what? episodes of it that what was is on. This? Uh, this is a Netflix new Netflix a la making a murderer thing that showed up about. Uh, they call it the Pizza Bomber. Uh, in erie pennsylvania shout out to see here's the thing oh hey kate and patrick over there on on that show uh they are from erie pennsylvania so i would i want to hang out and talk to them about what this was all about after you get to see this but it's a quick four episodes um i'm not going to spoil anything but if you liked making a murderer you're going to freaking love this one i'll leave it at that all right uh andy what about you what have you been up to
1: Okay, so I was a guest on another podcast for the first time this week. Yes. Yeah, this was cool. So, uh, Oh, you had never done this before? I'd never been a guest on a podcast. Nobody's ever interviewed or asked me questions ever. That's unbelievable. Other, other than you. How dare they? Other than you, right? <laughs> so I was a guest on the After Two Beers podcast this week. Um, a friend of mine from college, Chris Dutch Dalton, uh, has started his own podcast. It's very similar to what we did a couple years ago, where he sits down and he talks to people about their sort of uh, life and the things that they're interested in. And he just sort of chats with them. And it's a really cool, like conversational kind of thing. Like the week before me, he talked to like a stand-up comedian. It was really good. Um, and he asked me, he was asking me really about my sort of Hollywood journey. Cause we went to college together and, and you know, we'd lost touch over 20 years. I hadn't spoken to this guy over the phone in person, anything in 20 years, we texted each other back and forth or no, we Facebook message back and forth. I sent him my text, you know, my number he calls me and we just started chatting and I was like, wait, are you recording right now? Like, it was just like, we we hadn't lost a beat. So <laughs> yeah. it was amazing. It was great catching up with him. And, and uh, it was just, if so, if you're curious about my Hollywood journey up to this point, like how I got to where I am, we get into that a little bit. And then we talked a lot about like the sort of like our love of podcasts and kind of like what you and I are doing and especially what you're doing. And then we just, you know, just riffed on sports and just like, it was all about uh, good people doing good things and, and just like celebrating that and like normal people like us. And and it was, it was great. So if you get a chance to listen to the after two beers con uh, podcast with uh, Chris Dutch Dalton, please go take a listen to that. Now, the other thing I did, I'm still burning through our MCU order of, of Marvel. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm really liking this. I think we did a good job with this. It's so, going to
0: take a while to get through is, 19 movies. It <laughs> is. It is. And, and
1: Black Panther comes out tomorrow, so I'm going to pick that up, but I'm going to put that on hold for a little bit. So I've done Captain America, Iron Man One, Iron Man Two, Iron Man Two. Spoiler alert: ends with like the hammer in uh, the desert in the in the button. Yes. So I'm watching it with Amy, and she's like, "Well, we should watch Thor next." I'm like, "No, wait!" And then we watched uh, We started the Hulk next. She's like, "No, we should watch Thor next because it's like the hammer. You should go right into Thor." I said, "No." Because you have to watch uh, Hulk next because you need to do Thor after that because you're meeting the Thor, Loki, and all the like the Thor people, and then you go into Avengers. The Thor people. Yeah. <laughs> Thor people. Thor. Right? Um, uh, speaking of Amy, uh, Mother's Day was yesterday. Um, she is an amazing mother uh, of our two beautiful girls. Uh, we had a great celebration of that, even though I was kind of in bed from food poisoning. Um, but her birthday is tomorrow. By the time this is out in the world, it will be her birthday. So happy birthday to my lovely wife. Happy birthday. Yes, I love you. Um, In uh, industry news, uh, World of Dance, which I just talked about a little bit in the last thing, that uh season that I did, season two, is going to be on TV uh, May 29th.
0: I almost so, want to do like a big uh, promo. World of Dance. Yeah. You know, just, really, it, it makes me, every time I hear yeah, you say I, that, I, it makes me feel that big yeah, kind of I'm thing.
1: really excited to see this because we had such a great time making it and just, you and like, You've seen some of the promos that I've shown you. It's so cool, and I don't care about dancing, but I do now, it's right? J Lo, yeah, J Lo was in it, and that was she was cool. Canning Tatum's wife. What's her name? Uh, no longer his wife, but still. Um, so, yeah, and then and then because of that, like me hanging out with the, and doing stuff for the NBC, they're bringing me in for a meeting on Thursday to talk with them about uh, making it. Do you remember that show I did last summer yeah. with Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler? Amy uh, Poehler, yeah. Yeah, so that's on in July. Nice. And they may do another season, so they want to talk to me about like things we could do to make it better, even though it's going to be great. Right? I remember
0: there being questions of whether or not yeah. that was even going to see the yeah. light of day at some yeah, point. Yeah,
1: so, exactly. So then, and then. This yeah, that's
0: week- one thing to talk about in this industry perspective, quick aside. Yeah. Uh, what you guys don't know is all of the shit that gets made that never sees the light of day. Right. And there was a chance
1: that that never would, but now yeah. we're excited that it's going to. And then this weekend, I get to go do the American Idol finale.
0: Holy shit. You're yeah. on a roll, dude. Yeah,
1: dude. It's going to be great. The past year
0: has been pretty insane for Andy Nelson, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. I just uh, I have to say it. I I love him for it. I can't wait to, uh, to hear what happens next what i want to say is maybe we think about uh, for our two-year anniversary i would love to hear that story myself okay and ask you certain questions okay. some of which i know the answers to some of which i don't but i'm yeah. sure the listeners would love to hear the uh, the hollywood journey as well that's, so maybe that's something we do
1: for this show sometime soon that's a really long story but we want to do something fast so let's do some quick hits.
0: Dan Diva's high school football rules
1: yes it certainly does
0: oh Bill and Ted is going to be a new most excellent trilogy as you teased at the top of the show because we are getting Bill and Ted 3 which uh as far as I know it's got the original creators have have written the script
1: it's got Bill and Ted first it's got, got Keanu yeah. Reeves in it he's yeah. agreed to do it which is amazing and Alex Winter, is yep.
0: that, yeah yep. um, uh, the uh, Dean Parsonshot is uh, directing. We've got Kruf and Vici producing, and the big one is Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, is involved with this one, exec producing. Interesting. Uh, I, I w- kind of w- go, huh? Okay. Are they going to Ocean's Eleven it or what's
1: going to happen here? We'll see, here's a here's a Bill and Ted fun fact for Ooh. those of you that want some Bill and Ted uh, lore. Uh, Ed Solomon, one of the original creators and writers, right, is is penning the script. Like we said, with uh, with Chris Matheson again. Did you know? That in Bill and Ted 2, the Joss Ackland character, that old guy that is also like one of the heavies in uh, Lethal Weapon 2, and I think he's like the ice skate guy in like the Mighty Ducks, right? Okay. He plays a character called Denomalos, which is Ed Solomon spelled backwards.
0: No. Yes.
1: Yes, yes, yes. That's a true thing. That's uh, a true thing, and my the, uncle Greg. Denomali-
0: yeah, yes, it is. and
1: my uncle Greg did the makeup for Bill Sadler, the bad guy from Die Hard Two, when he played the the Grim Reaper guy. With the, yes. yeah, my uncle did that makeup.
0: Oh, see, that was my favorite part of Bill and Ted too was the Grim Reaper. Yeah, I thought of this. That was my favorite. Anyway. There's, there's
1: some there's some Bill and Ted fun facts for oh. you that you can only get here.
0: <laughs> well, hey, there was a bit more controversy, mostly overshadowed by the Brooklyn Nine Nine controversy, uh-huh. but they fired Riggs. They fired the Riggs character. Off of the Lethal Weapon series, like how do you have a Lethal Weapon series without a Riggs character? I mean, it's it's Riggs and Murtaugh, like it's Murtaugh running around going shit, Riggs,
1: yeah. Riggs! shit, Riggs. But you, but you can't say that on Fox, so well, you say like depends on the context, because sure. crap,
0: Riggs, crap, yeah. Riggs. <laughs> but in in another turn of events, they've recast the Riggs character with Stifler, John yeah. William Scott. Yeah, yep. Uh, so if you know Stifler from the American Pie movies. Uh, and the goon. And the goon. uh, He is now going to come in, apparently, as Riggs's brother. Build up some kind of story around it. I'm assuming this is going to be a lot like Ashton Kutcher coming in for Charlie Sheen on, uh, what was the men movie? Oh, uh, Two and a Half Men? Two and, uh, and a Half sure. Men. Sure. Uh, it's going there's, to play out like there's that. There's
1: more to this story behind the scenes than we found out yet. The 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 main thing that's happened is uh, Clayne Car- Crawford, or whatever this guy's name is, that played Riggs, is out. And they... Basically, Fox wants to stay in the lethal weapon business, which makes sense because and admittedly, I'd seen the first four episodes and I hadn't kept up with it, not because it wasn't good. I actually enjoyed it, Um, despite the fact that I'm a huge lethal weapon fan and I I wasn't like, hey, they can't mess with my lethal weapon. You know, it was great. There was some trouble on set, which, again, I think we're going to hear more about in the coming weeks, what actually happened.
0: Okay. Uh, Next up, Bad Boys 3 has also been greenlit.
1: Kind of like a lethal weapon buddy cop thing, right? Yeah
0: there was we went through a whole series of buddy cop movies for a while so this was at the buddy bad boys 2 was what 2001
1: that's a while ago
0: a long time ago uh, th- these movies, these were some of Michael Bay's first movies before most people know him since transformers, yeah, bad boys the was 2000s. his first movie. Yeah. The bad boys was his very first film and I'm, I'm a fan of it. Yeah, I mean too, mostly because I love the banter between, uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence and they were two of the top actors and comedians at the time yeah. when bad boys came out. So really well cast and their, their, um, chemistry on set was fantastic. Bad boys too. is little about 30 minutes too long, but still a fun film. It'll be interesting to see if 20 years later we get these two guys back together and they still have that same kind of chemistry and how many swooping, you know, Dutch angles Michael Bay can do. So. Is he doing it? I didn't even
1: read if he's doing it or not. He has to
0: be doing it. I don't know. Oh, come on. And he,
1: also, of those two actors, they're both in very different places yes. than they were when they made those two movies. I, don't,
0: I haven't heard of anything of Martin Lawrence in the last 15 years. He's really. had
1: so he's had a troubled time. Okay. We'll just say that. And Will Smith is Will Smith. We'll say that.
0: Well, the the current target for the Bad Boys 3 is looking like January 2020. January? Yeah. Why is it coming out in January? We,
1: we've talked about it plenty of times.
0: Yeah. That's the dead time. This is like summer blockbuster kind of shoot 'em up, bang bang, July Fourth kind of movie.
1: They have said that they're going to bring it out for the Martin Luther King Day weekend. Take what you will from that, but uh, that's okay. a smart move, probably marketing wise.
0: Yeah, I mean, filling in that gap and not going against Disney, which we talked about
1: last. <laughs> exactly, <week. laughs> because Disney owns everything else, so you right. might as well put it out in January. And that's like action movies don't come out in January. But when out in January, it's a smart move. Yeah,
0: it's really good. Right after we get the Star Wars movie. Or yeah. uh we're going to be out of Game exactly. of Thrones. We're Episode gonna be, oh, nine will
1: have just will have just calmed down, and now it's time for bad boys. Yeah. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they
0: come for you? Hey, another film we got finally got we were making fun of this last week. We finally got a teaser for Predator. Yeah. Um I it's it's coming out September 14th, and I still feel like I have no idea what it's gonna be about or what the premise is. It
1: looks like to I really want to like this movie, but when I watched this trailer slash teaser trailer, whatever you want to call it, to me it had the elements of jungle uh, predator that I want and like machine guns and predator that I want, but then it also had like it felt like I was watching Stranger Things at the same time. Yeah, did it you feel of, that was like, like a, high a little school bit thing? of Hunger Games Kid going on Kid gets a predator there. thing in a box, and then like like the predators mailed him a, a UPS package from space. How does that work? <laughs> It
0: looks ridiculous, and it doesn't feel like a Shane Black thing. And
1: it worries me that they're putting this in September, which is typically the place that movies go to die. However, we had it last summer, so maybe we'll... uh... It's not looking
0: good. I mean, Predator, to me, is big hosses in a jungle with giant, ridiculous machine guns shooting (laughs) at a crazy space beast.
1: Or in downtown Los Angeles.
0: Sure, with Gary Busey's (laughs) chompers yelling at people. Uh, Anyway... I don't. I don't have a lot of hope for this. If I'm going to be honest, uh, the last Predators where they threw everybody into the thing was a bit fine. It, whatever. I don't have a lot of hope for this one. Is what I want to say. What I do have a lot of hope for is the new Star Wars live action series. Yes. This is allegedly going to be on the all new yet to be seen Disney streaming service, right? The Netflix for Disney stuff. We think. We think and might be a a little bit of a precedent that they're going to set where they only show there were the, at least exclusively and initially show their new content on this Disney streaming service.
1: Smart move. You put a Star Wars new thing on and you make it only available to Disney subscribers. That seems like a, a, a it's not a, a like win, This win. hasn't
0: been done. House of yeah. Cards, Netflix, yeah. you know. So, I mean, I don't fault Disney for doing this. In fact, I applaud them. And if they put enough content on there, I'm going to go sign up for it. They
1: have enough content. They have the entire Disney library. We talked about this last week.
0: Fine. Fine. Uh, John Favreau is going to be directing this. It's going to be using a lot of the same tech. That he has apparently used in the remake of Lion King. So let's talk about that for a second, okay? Because
1: because here's my thing: like the same tech that we're using in Lion King, where like animals can talk, and like we're gonna recreate. Are we gonna have? Because it takes place seven years after Return of the Jedi, so in between Jedi and Force Awakens. Okay. Are we gonna try and do some sort of Lion King tech with characters we know? Ewoks? No, 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 no. He says he says that there's not gonna be the characters we know, okay. but. Will we get like a glimpse of like a solo showing up with like a, uh, a Simba face? We're like, oh, uh. you, know, like, you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: like, I, No, not really. That's what we
1: would hope, but uh, we'll see. Uh, so
0: you're thinking that there will be some sort of cameo appearances from the films that show up in the series? Is it's that where not, you're going? I would
1: assume the Lion King tech is the same as he used in the Jungle Book tech. I would assume that. Yeah. Right? Uh I don't know. It's cool that we... Uh, this is Disney giving us little glimpses of things, things to get us excited for. We talked about it last week. Listen to episode 65, right? Yeah.
0: Well, last uh, but certainly not least, Chris Evans is starring in the new Blomkamp, Neil Blomkamp movie. Uh, my first question is, is why isn't Charlton Charl- Copley in a Neil Blomkamp movie?
1: <laughs> Good point. I mean, we <laughs> first, we we get excited that they're, Neil Blomkamp is going to make a movie. It's announced. They're going to start shooting it uh, next uh, fall, 20, uh, 28. No, it's this fall. 2018. uh, It's called Greenland. Uh, The 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 quick uh, one line or tagline is uh, one family's fight for survival in the face of a cataclysmic natural disaster. Seems like a departure maybe from the Blond Camp like sci-fi wheelhouse, right? Maybe
0: uh, it doesn't sound like anything that I would like to see from Neil Blomkamp, if I'm being completely honest. But he I needs to be over at Fox making or I guess maybe Disney soon, uh making aliens movies.
1: I agree with you. And but I'm excited to see Chris Evans do something else besides Captain America, which I think he's done a great job with. Like I loved him in Snowpiercer, so I'm hoping that like there's some sort of we get to see him be Chris Evans doing, you know. It it was, would, who it was would, a
0: movie he had where he was either a godfather or a uncle of some little girl that was really smart?
1: Oh, pre, pre pulse, pulse, pulse or, something like that. Prism. I don't uh,
0: it was, but it was it showed his acting chops, yeah. and I'm really looking forward to seeing him do something else as well. Um, I said last, but certainly not least, but I saved the best for last. A little bit of a secret. Oh, what? Uh, Willow. Oh yeah, Willow is getting a sequel after 30 years. Wow. It's been 30 years. I'm wondering if we're gonna get Fat Kilmer out of New Mexico uh, to reprise Mad Martigan. Um So will we get... Uh, what is the little person's name? Um, Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis, thank you. Uh, are we going to see... I'm assuming we're going to see both of those characters back, but uh, hashtag Team Sorcia. That's all I'm saying. Well
1: done. So back at the top of Quick Hits, we talked about Bill and Ted 3, right? We're excited about the, seeing that, um, but you can't make that movie without a certain guy. And I will say this. That guy doesn't need to work ever again he will make money forever off of just the matrix movies he will make movie forever just off the john wick movies he's going to make john wick three he doesn't have to we could call it stoop to this level to make another one he doesn't need the money to How do this dare you sir but he's probably doing this just because of the fun thing and he is so good to his fans and he just wants to to help the fan service out and hey alex Winter needs money so keanu reeves I will give you this week's Stone Cold Salute! I said, give me a hell yeah! Yeah. (laughs) Whoa.
0: Well, guys, that's our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. This is the kind of stuff that I love talking about with you, Andy, because these kinds of industry-related conversations just peels the curtain back a little bit on some of these understandings, and it it kind of escapes the geeky fanboyisms or the fandoms of a lot of these properties that we we know and love and, and really exposes some of that stuff. So I'm glad that we're really focusing on some of this more and more. Guys, if you enjoy this show, head over to Facebook and give us a like on our Facebook page uh, at Official Concession Stand. Follow us on Twitter at Concession Stand. And if you like what we're doing here, head over to Patreon.com slash Concession Stand. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar and sign up to do your very own Stone Cold Salute right here on the show.
1: And don't forget to listen to the After Two Beers podcast. You can hear uh, my guest appearance for the first time ever. That was kind of fun.
0: Yeah, it was good stuff. Also, if you want to pick up a T-shirt, hoodie, phone case, coffee mug, you name it, stickers, good stuff, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash store and pick all of those up right there. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at
1: DatacenterDude. Wait a minute. Didn't you change it?
0: Oh, oh, I did. Right. It's at Nick Podcasts now.
1: All right. So let's do that again. Okay. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one.
0: But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Podcasts.
1: And I'm Andy Nelson. You can find me at Andy Nelson 76 also on Twitter.
0: But until next
1: time. Later.
0: Bye.
1: That was well done. Now you got it out there. Now people know your thing. right, cool.
0: This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.